supporting your sacred journey. Come and join us and find out more with Mama Kay's Guide Answer today on Uplift. My name is Sarah Wayne. I am your co-host. I am an art therapist and so, so much more. I'm really pleased to have my wonderful co-host here, Neil Sprossel, joining us from Calgary in Canada. Thanks for joining us again. Welcome and thank you, Sarah. But it's not your birthday here. <laughs> no, you can it twice. Yeah. <laughs> so Two times I, I'm really excited for today's guest and I'm really excited to be here with Sarah on her 29th birthday <laughs> and as Sarah said my name is Neil Thrussell I'm the co-host I am a mindset heart set uh, uh, coach and author and I'm really excited to learn more about Mama K Sky Dancer this is going to be great welcome welcome so originally welcome. from this amazing human is joining us from Perth in Australia today, and we are looking forward to hearing more about Mama Kay. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. So a conscious facilitator is, is what you've described to us. What exactly mm. is that for those of us playing it all at home who have no idea? I'm not sure either. <laughs> so all I think that means is that I'm um, I'm supporting to inspire um, a, a way of being um, for for myself and everyone else. So consciousness, you know, the way that we understand ourselves, the way that we perceive the world around us. So we we know that we through quantum physics, quantum science. We know that we are all connected, that we are all one. So when I'm feeling some kind of way, that influences the way that you feel as well. So facilitation just means to make things easy. So I'm saying, hey, this is how I'm doing, and I'm going to help you feel the same kind of way. Simple way of putting it. <laughs> and all of the experiences that I've, I've um, been through and the way that I've climbed and grown on my journey I want to make sure that that is available to others and that's something that has always been with me very strongly I've always felt that um, through our connection you know this is the the kindest most loving thing we can do for the planet and for humanity is to absolutely connect and cross-pollinate I'm crazy about that I thought maybe I was under the mist guidance that I thought drinking coffee and eating cookies together was the, the epitome of life. And, and it may well be for yourself. That that may be exactly what 
um, brings you joy and bliss. And absolutely, if that's your thing, I'll support that 100% and may it take you into your next evolution and may it lead you to enlightenment. Maybe that is for you. Absolutely. Let's go. Where's the cookies and coffee, Sarah? Birthday cake for Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that the that you, the way that you describe uh, how you work is you're working with someone and alongside them. You know, mm. so often in the coaching industry, I see. I don't know if you guys see it too, and I actually love to hear from our audience if you see it as well. This is mm. my way. This is might be your journey, but you need to do it my way. And I love how you eloquently say, "No, I'm journeying with you." Is that a conscious decision for you or something that's evolved over time perhaps or something else completely? It's, it's really both. It's really both. And um, I've worked in many um, different spaces alongside people. And I continuously say that, you know, we are on a journey together. Why would it be just because I've had some kind of, um, you know, education within the Western system that I would think that I'm superior and have an answer for you? You're the one who has your own sacred journey. Um, you tell me what you need in terms of your support, and I'll do that. So regardless of who I was working with, I always saw that as being very important. And for instance, um, I worked here in Perth for nearly 10 years in Women's Refuge. And so in those kinds of spaces, you know, you're being looked at to support people in a very vulnerable um, stage of their life experiencing trauma and great vulnerability and a very high need. And um, I always worked in a way that would support our womanhood together and our human experience because we've all felt trauma, we've all felt vulnerable, we've all needed um, other to, to help us out. So I would always say, don't look at me as your worker or your advocate. I'm another human being. We're all women here. And we all want to be safe. And that's our common. So I feel like I definitely grew that um, into something that was a big value for me, but it was already inherent in the way that I grew up. And um, I have to say that that came out of the conflict in my early experience. I was actually raised in a cult back home in New Zealand. So it was a very, it was a boring kind of cult. I've got to say there was nothing particularly exciting about it. <laughs> it didn't have any cool aspects to it. Um, but if you think about uh, the conservative brethrens and you think about Scientology, if you bring those two together, you have some elements there of, you know, fundamentalism. And um, so <clears throat> when I saw these expressions of authority, in particular male authority, um, and I experienced myself as a spiritual being from, from birth, so... I was feeling that I was getting information and um, connection in my own spirituality as a child. Then I had somebody telling me the opposite. So yes. very early I said to myself, that sounds like horseshit to me. <laughs> there must be another way of looking at this that makes sense to me. And so I was continuously being told you can't trust your intuition you can't trust anything other than what you're being told and taught through um, 
through these, you know, these other beings that are supposed to be more holy than you are, they're supposed to be, you know, much more developed than you. And especially because you're a woman. So you need to actually listen to male authority. So underneath, I always, as I said, felt that that was horseshit. And I developed my intuition <laughs> even stronger over time. And I think coming up through an experience like that really did give me that strong passion to make sure that the, the inherent sacredness of each soul was always honoured. Um, one of the things, of course, that comes out of that is a strong um, sense of protecting people from abuse, in particular spiritual abuse. It's a massive, massive issue, and um, it's one of the biggest things that that uh, that guides my work. That that makes me want to jump in, even at times when things are very confronting. It's like I, I don't want anyone to experience um, those kinds of spiritual abuses. They're extremely harmful. So I think these are the things that really grew me um, from an early age. Yeah. Wonderful, and thank you. So I'm gonna loop back to, you mentioned uh, a sacred journey. What, is, mm -hmm. what does the term sacred journey mean to you? Yeah, I just always think about our life and our experience as being a spiral that kind of goes upwards. And when I thought about capturing what I did, it just came through to me very quickly. And I'm very much like that. I'll just grab the thing. <laughs> it drifted down the same as the, the name of my business, Goddess Creations. It's like, oh, I've got to find something that fits me. Here we go. Goddess Creations dropped in. We're going with that. <laughs> Um, and people said, what does that mean? And I'm like, again, I don't know. But <laughs> it's something about creating and supporting the essence of God in, in all of us, you know. So it's the same thing with the spiritual journey. I, your, your sacred journey, your spiritual journey is your uniqueness. It's your unique energetic signature. So I always feel like this is something that really needs to be um, particularly um, highlighted in Western culture because we lose the sense of um, the great spiritual nature that we have and who we really are and where we're from. And we become caught up in living in the third dimension and um, feeling like we're living very ordinary lives, doing very mundane things over and over. And I think this is a big part of the human condition is that we feel isolated, we feel depressed, we feel small, we feel powerless. And in actual fact, we are nothing of those descriptions. We are amazingly magnificent. We are powerful beyond our understanding. And we are connected. We are eternal. We are immortal. <laughs> Wonderful. Thing. So I have a question. So how do you search for the sacred in your life? Yeah, that's a really good question. I love it. So... To me, the sacred is almost like an obsession. It's sort of like, um, it's that magic point, right? It's a magic point. It's like, you know, within the cells, there's a zero point, right? If you look at the cells in the body, that zero point is empty space and it's full of opportunity. It means limitless possibilities. So that's what I look for in every moment, the magic point, you know, even in the mundane, 
even in the boring, even when I'm standing in the line at the bank, even when I'm driving my car, whatever it is of my experience, I think, what is it about this that's profound? What is it about this that I will never have again, maybe, in my life? What is it here that's resonating with another experience or what am I open to learning in this situation? So I feel and know 100% that, as I said before, we get so caught up in the third dimension that sometimes we forget to be open like a child, to allow our imagination to run wild, to allow our third eye to open, to smile, to giggle, to be in bliss, to manifest from joy. And there's magic in every moment. So one of the things, if you're asking for a tool or a way forward to help us to find and remember that magic, is simply just to be in nature. It's one of the, the biggest gifts we have here on this planet is the beautiful um, environments that we find ourselves in. Here in WA, we have stunning beaches. We have gorgeous country. Anywhere you go, you can just lie out and be part of that landscape and remember yourself. If you love to look at water, go and look at water. If you love to look at crystals, do that. You know, what, what, does, what inspires you? I remember as a young girl, and I was very, very young, I was possibly even still in a cot, and the sunlight was streaming through a window, and I just looked up at it. And in that moment, I felt that divine connection. I felt inspired. I felt magic, timeless, loved, held, supported. I felt like I remembered. And it's just moments like that that helps us remember I am a sacred being. I am the essence of God. And I'm here on this third-dimensional journey playing the game of life. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, if you are watching me this live and you've got any questions for Mama Kay, Neil or I, please feel free to pop them in the comment section. We would love to support you on your journey. So if you have any comments or questions, please pop them in. And we'd also love to know where you're tuning in from around the world. Mm -hmm. Hey, Neil, I don't know. I'm guessing you've probably been on a few sacred journeys yourself over time. How would you describe that from your perspective? Great question. And for me, a sacred journey is when I deal with reverence, a journey within, and it needs to be with reverence, and whether there's ceremony or that, but from a place of reverence, when I'm going within to find out the truth about myself, and the crazy part is, as I'm going within to the truth about myself, I innately go outside of myself to uh, to the greater good, to the universe, to God, to uh, whatever you define as the the outside of you. And for me, it's I use the word God, and it's to find in the connection to God and to, uh, the understanding of my relationship with me and 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 my version of god um so it's with reverence going within to myself to go with to go out and yourself sarah 
Um, yeah, I believe it's got something to do with the transpersonal. So, you know, beyond the self. So, you know, the things that we know, things we know we don't know, things we don't know we don't know. So for me, I think the, the sacred journey happens in those spaces where we don't know and leaning in and asking for support in our times of need or, or just asking whether it be the God, your universe, whatever word you want to substitute that suits your needs best, just being mm. open to, okay, what, what's actually happening? And, and, at, and at times for me, I think that sacred journey is tuning into my body. What does my body need right now? And I mm. feel like that's something that we've disconnected from as a people over the years. And I'm, I'm loving that there's more and more people worldwide getting back into into their bodies, into that somatic experience to help us with our sacred journey. Does that resonate with you guys too? Absolutely. I love that we talked about honour and reverence and going inside and, you know, I love the use of ritual as well. And um, nowadays when we talk about ritual, like I do, we do women's circles, dark moon circles, full moon circles, all sorts of things. And, um, you know, I love the work of the yogis, the gurus, the masters, um, the witches, and all through time. And we can enjoy what they have contributed to to um, to our experience. I believe now with the current en energies that we have on the planet, that it's a beautiful time to create our own ritual and magic as well. So I think when all my experiences what I've observed is when I watch people start to participate in their own rituals, there's something that is so crazy inspiring about that. And it's like, I did this myself. I didn't have to, you know, memorize the Bible. I didn't have to like go to school for 25 years. I didn't have to get a master's degree in theology. I wrote my own damn ritual and it's meaningful for me. And I went inside and I went outside and now I'm on a journey and I'm somewhere else. It's great. And I love that. <laughs> I talked about the somatic experience and a lot of what I teach in yoga is just being present in the body, observing the breath, being in the body and observing the thoughts. And that's what the masters teach us. It takes us to enlightenment. Just that simple. Love that. So on the screen right now, we've got a link to Mama Kay's Facebook page. If you'd like to get in touch, please do so. She's also mentioned some um, full moon circles. If you would like to speak on to that for a moment, if if you're in Perth and you would like to join her, please reach out. I'm sure she'd love to share more than this, but just give us a sneak peek for now, Mama Kay. What is the dark moon yeah. circle and a full moon circle that you host? Ooh, yeah, so glad you asked that one. So it's been a, it's long been a, um, passion of mine as well to um, to support or remember to bring the remembrance back into our communities um, of some of those traditions which really help us to link and to create um, a way of being that lives in rhythm with the earth so most of the time in our western civilizations we lose sight of where the friggin moon is uh, what season is going on <laughs> half the time you can't tell anyway at the minute um, but we lose that sense of rhythm and that rhythm is so important to humans and people talk about routines i don't talk about routines it sounds boring as hell so let's talk about rhythm rather than routine and um, there's something magical about living in rhythm with the earth and remembering. So 
you know, in times past, there's time for planting, there's time for harvesting, then we get together. And in tribal tradition and community, we do things together. Um, we, we, and we lose that. There is this whole, um, you know, myth out there. It's part of the part of the collective consciousness or part of what we've been sold, really, um, especially for women, okay? So I'm not disregarding the men at all, but as a woman, I know that a, a large part of what we were taught growing up is that someday your prince will come. <laughs> someday your prince will come and um, off you will fuck and uh, you will live happily ever after, perhaps, you know? And um, that person that, that person you're in union with will complete you and you will live your days. And um, you'll have children by yourself and you'll raise them and you'll be happy as hell. Well, that's not my experience and it's not the experience of most women I've ever talked to and I've worked with women my whole life. So I believe what we have lost um, a lot of the time is that way of doing things collectively. So obviously in tribal culture, we come together for birth, for, um, for ceremony all of the time. We are washing the clothes together. We are speaking about um, what's happening in our family groups and the way of being women coming together and the way of being men um, is, is really supported as a whole so that when you come together in union you have a lot more that you're coming together with you just you're not just this fragile um, expression of yourself full of neurosis is this going to last am I going to be okay you know that you're supported by the group so one of the things I did well, when I came to Perth, after a time when I stopped working shift work, <laughs> I decided to, well, it was prompted by spirit, really, over and over again, to remember um, the full moon time. So what I've seen as well is a lot of isolation in our communities. And when you kind of know that hey, in, in two weeks, you know, on the full moon, I'm at least going to meet with my people. Someone's going to ask me how the hell I am, you know. I'm going to have a chance to share food, break bread together, um, enjoy being out of nature, light a fire, um, swap something, you know, just have a yarn with somebody else. So I made sure that that was part of what we offered um, through what I'm doing now in the circles that we're doing is on the full moon, there's always an opportunity. I will be sitting in the teepee. <laughs> I will be lighting candles. I will be giving thanks. Um, I will get my crystals out, and whoever wants to join me, please come in and let's um, have that moment together. So the dark moon circles and the other workshops are a little different. The dark moon circle is for women only. So it's a woman-only space where we kind of look a bit more into our own moon. So um, it's important astrology-wise that we find out what that moon is, and then we can understand a little bit more about it and our workings. So it's more of a sacred, um, protected space where we can really express who we are and talk about our shadow. Um, there's so much of our life as women in the world is about presenting well and showing up and saying, I've got my shit together, you know, uh, I've got a job and I've got a family and I'm raising kids and I'm doing this and I, you know, uh, it's beautiful to be able to come together and actually fall apart and say, actually, I'm angry as fuck, <laughs> you know? Oh, actually, oh, I love that. Come yeah, together yeah. to fall apart. That is a powerful statement. And yeah. I, I reckon that a lot of people could relate to that, you know, come together yeah. to fall apart. If you can relate to that, please let us know. Join yeah. the club, hey? <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful too, like, 
we've lost the um, the whole concept sometimes of really listening to each other. And in this really highly um, stimulated world that we now live in, where everything is very quick, you know, and everything, um, you seem to have to need to have answers really, really quickly and people talk at each other and bark at a million things. And it's like, we come to circle, we just drop that shit. You know, we have the sacred talking stick and this is your chance to be heard. You know, it's not a time to give advice. No one wants to listen to your advice. <laughs> let people speak from their heart and let them be heard. And that I think is at the heart of what we all need. You know, the heart of the human condition, I believe, is that everyone needs someone to say, I see you, I hear you. I witness your journey and I share your pain because it's common to us all, our struggle. So in this space or in these spaces, having the talking stick and being able to express from the heart no matter what that looks like, have an ugly cry, no one cares. It's great. Bleed if you're going to bleed, you know? And let's hold each other and um, keep this as a sacred way of um, connecting with our moon because when we really look at our shadow and our moon, there's such richness there in creativity. And it's what we don't know that can sometimes sabotage us. So the more we know about our, our moon and our shadow, the more connected, integrated humans we're going to be. Yes, I celebrate both. I can feel you. Celebrating both. <laughs> They're both different, you know. The full moon is the, the full expression and it's coming together. It's completing the cycle. It's celebrating. It's an outward thing. So anybody in the community, children, animals, you know, anyone can come to that one um, for the full moon. And we always share food together. We share a, um, a plate. Mm -hmm. For the dark moon, we celebrate that in a different way. It's mm -hmm. the coming inside. It's the birthing place. You know, it's the darkness. It's the yin aspect. It's the moon. It's the quiet secret time where we go, what is it that I am um, experiencing about myself? And what is it maybe that I'd like to create change with? What am I going to plant in this time? Yeah. I, I love that you're talking about the shadow part of us because we all have shadow parts. But as many people, as they go on the personal development path and they're moving their way to enlightenment, they tend to go, oh, I, that, no, I don't have that. My poop doesn't stink. And, and no, I don't have that kind of baggage. And they forget it's the true yin and the yang. We have the light and we have the darkness. And most of us learn, I don't know about you, but my biggest lessons have come from the shit that I've been carried around all my life and I need to get rid of. And as I dump that and flush that down the toilet, it allows my light to really shine so that I love the fact that you're talking about and in, in sacred circle and community that you're taking a collective dump with people. <laughs> I love that we're having oh conversation right now. That's great. Absolutely. I love that. A new event. The collective dump. Come and lose your shit with us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a sacred way. Um, something that, that I find curious that um, a lot of people say that I know you're going to have a thing or two to say about is holding space for other people. How does one actually hold space? 
Um, look, there's lots of jokes about this that we talk about in our circles. Oh, what is this? Like, what does it even fucking mean? You know, like it's such a stupid term in some ways, you know. So who said you're allowed to touch the space? Why can't the space hold itself? Is the space holding me? Am I holding the space? What the hell is wrong with the space? Oh, my God. So it's really overused just like every other damn thing, isn't it? But, um, you know, there is a real, a real, um, a true aspect to this in the holding of a human or holding of a, a spiritual being, you know, and, and and containing them, making a safe container. So that's what I like to think about instead of the holding space um, phrase. Making but one thing you talked about, yeah, a minute ago with the whole toilet dumping thing <laughs> was, you know, this this idea that, um, you know, that that we're often given, you know, that some things are right or wrong and some things that we, we taught this, you know, through the through the collective. Um, so sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision or they made a bad choice. And someone said that to me one day and it might have even been in um, discussing about uh, some uh, aspect of criminality where somebody ended up in jail or something like this. And um, they said to me, oh, they made the wrong choice. And I'm like, that sounds very arrogant for you to say that that was the wrong choice for them. To me, that sounds like... You're putting your morals and your ethics and beliefs on somebody else or the communities or the societies. I don't care. But for that person, that was the right choice for them. That's why they made it. They're there to learn their lesson, just like you're there to, to learn yours. Why would your journey, why would the aspects of your journey necessarily be needed to be placed into somebody else's framework, you know? Well, that's your life, simple. Luke. Because if you do it my way, it will be the right way. <laughs> Look, I love what Sylvia Brown said, and she's one of my beautiful teachers that contributed to my life. People like Eckhart Cole, Sylvia Brown, um, and Bradley Nelson, and you know many others. Uh, but she, Sylvia Brown, would say, um, "Do do good, love each other, love God, then shut up and go home." You know, simple as that. Spirituality 101, you know, like love yourself, love each other, love the planet and get on with it. You know, it's that simple. Stop making it hard. So I love that when we talk about, you know, progressing through your life, realizing that, lose the anxiety about making the wrong friggin' choice. You know, what should they do? Do what's in your heart to do. Do what you're intuiting to do. Take a step forward. Say yes to life. Show up. Play flat out. And if it's not the right choice for you, you'll say no, and you'll make another one, and you're, it's still perfect. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I've learned a lot from the many mistakes that I have made. I have learned a lot from the many misdirections that I've taken. So, yeah, and I, I love that, you know, you've mentioned that it's abiding by someone else's rules, like being it's ourselves so and following what really is in for us. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. We, we can't we can't make a failure We're like what is a what 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 is failure what's a mistake it's like um years ago when i was teaching employment skills um to single parents entering the workforce we would talk about you know the we've all had had it i'm sure the experience of having a job interview and then maybe not getting the call back you know and um we're preparing people to re-enter the workforce and have that experience so we talk about the word failure so I'd write the word failure on the board 
and you just feel the feeling tone in the room drop and people will go, oh, yeah, I don't like that. It's like, no, we're going to rub it off. Look, what what is it instead? It's an experience and a learning opportunity. It's not a failure. How could it be a failure? You know? It's something that we progress yeah, with. It's not even about renaming it or redefining it. It's like, this is what it is. This is the game of life. You're not going to screw it up. You had an experience. There was a different outcome than the one that you wanted or prepared for. Okay. So do we go and try that again and do something different? Or do we spin in a circle and get stuck? It's up to you. That's all I do with my, my time and my life and my energy is support people to become unstuck if they're feeling stuck. Wonderful. And if you can relate and you'd like to get in touch with Mama Kay, please feel free to reach out. We've got several banners coming across the screen. You'll be able to connect. And look forward to spending time with her. She's actually a yogi too, which is really interesting because obviously that supports you know our bodies in a, and our mind in a different kind of way. I wonder if you can speak into that for a moment and tell us about your yogic journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of those things like I'm a Reiki master as well and I it, it feels weird to say master and feels weird to say yogi, you know, like a modern-day yogi, maybe. Um, I definitely have always been curious about yoga. From a young age, um, it was one of the forbidden things, of course, because everything fun and exciting was forbidden <laughs> in the Christian tradition that I was raised in. So, uh, you know, there was no kinds of fun for women. And uh, if you were a little bit intuitive or strong-willed, then you were a witch. So, <laughs> And um, that was definitely banned. So I always felt this desire for movement um, from very, very young. I love music. I love the worship aspect, you know, and uh, that comes back through, you know, in yoga as well. And we talk about the yoga of devotion, bhakti. So I experienced myself as a young girl in this um, cult environment, and we weren't allowed to move our bodies. So when we were um, instructed to sing, to give praise or worship to the God, then we would have to be still. We would only be able to do a thing if it was um, told to us from the platform, right? So inside, I was having this struggle, like, there's all this energy that wants to break out, you know? <laughs> like, And I was a child, like, definitely ADHD, which is, of course, <laughs> attention diverted to a higher dimension, you know? <laughs> That's what ADHD really is. (laughs) I know, reframe that one for yourself. So I literally just wanted to be outside in the trees and running around in the bush and, you know, anywhere but sitting still like this and focusing on someone talking. To me, it's just another, no offense, boring white man saying some boring shit over and over. And also the message was very bland and very, not just bland, but at times very negative and it just told you about the consciousness of being less than and um, how bad you were and how much you needed to um, you only you need to have this faith or you are just garbage and you're going to hell forever so I was like look I want to be anywhere other than here (laughs) so (laughs) using my third eye my imagination I just take myself out of my body frequently Um, So then, you know, becoming a little older, when as I had my children, I was very, very 
inspire to give them a different experience and to allow them to open into their own spirituality. One of the things I feel very strongly is that if we as parents feel some kind of way and we would like to shape our children in a direction, I just strongly encourage parents to really think about that because the sorts of things that uh, were inundated into my memory, I'm still struggling with because even some of the songs we used to sing, some of the things um, were of course lovely and um, of course supportive to growth and they, they were they were good things. There's others that were harmful. And when you take your child with you to whatever it is that you're doing, they don't have a choice. But those things land with them in a very different way. So I always encourage parents, you know, be a little more open than that. I know you might feel like you want to take your child with you to do your worship thing. That's really cool. Also, give them experience of other things as well. And that's what I did with my kids. And they thank me for that because it helped them to navigate their own spiritual journey and their own spirituality and path. So through that time, um, as my eldest daughter is a dancer, all of my children are performing artists, I said to myself, when this time is done and uh, my children are at an age where they're more independent, I absolutely want to do more with movement and, and particularly with yoga. So I set a goal for myself. By the time I'm 50, I will have done my yoga teacher training, and I did that. So I know I brought that into what I do in practice already. So a lot of what I was taught in yoga really resonated with me. It was like someone plucked a guitar string that I knew was there all the time, you know, like it made sense to me. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm learning something Eastern. I've got to somehow merge this or grapple with it. It was just like, yep. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. Oh, I like that. Yep, that's deep. Yep. Yep, that that feels good to me. So the yogic path, um, you know, like lots of people feel very weird about it too in Western uh, culture. And um, I was always intimidated as well. I was like, oh, there's those scary, real spiritual snobby yogis, you know. They're really weird, man. I don't want to go to their yoga. I'll, I don't think that um, I'll fit in because, um, you know, I swear a lot and, I wriggle around a lot. I don't like to keep still. And um, I just, I'm not into the snobby, extra serious thing, you know, like, um, you know, like, um, get over yourself, like, namaste the fuck away from me. So I <laughs> I um, jumped into my practice. I really embodied it. And I really found myself in that time. I came home back to Perth. I went straight into teaching. And I have never looked back. And even at that time, I thought, well, I'm not one of those tall, leggy yogis that's going to go and do some crazy pose, you know, um, on the mountaintop on Instagram. So what is it that I have that's special and unique that I bring to yoga? And I found that space. And it's I bring myself. I am funny. I love to laugh. I love to make things approachable and humorous, you know, Everyone can practice yoga, jump in, you know. And doesn't matter whether you're old, whether you're um, injured, doesn't matter whether you've never had any experience. And people say to me, oh, I can't come to yoga because I'm just not flexible enough. It's like saying, I'm too dirty to have a shower. You come to yoga and you show up as yourself, your human unit, your spirit, and you learn to connect. And that's all that yoga is, breath, 
body mind mm-hmm. and finding that and then you know eventually one of the beautiful outcomes is flexibility but the practice of yoga the asana work is only one of the eight limbs um, I was teaching at a school the other morning and I said to the teenagers um, have you ever practiced yoga before has anyone ever practiced yoga and they're like no and I said well can you breathe and they're like yep I said did you go to sleep last night yep okay so you're breathing and meditating already um, so you're in a yoga practice <laughs> and they're like oh so just teaching them things like that that are really simple you know observing the breath how to calm their own system down understanding that we only have two ways of being the adrenals are activated fight flight or freeze or rest and restore figure it out you know we need to be able to bring ourselves into rest and restore to heal ourselves so if i can teach them a little bit of that and you know, maybe some basic things that will support their posture and support their um, their growth into amazing humans that love themselves passionately, then that's the yoga that I want to teach. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah, from personal experience, being at your classes and with someone who's got injuries, I, I love that you take the time to, to help the person who joins you work with their body and not just say, let's just do your best. Yeah, that's fine, but I don't quite know how to do that bit. You know, I want to stretch this part. I can't get to. No one's taught me, and I love that you take the time to to go that bit deeper with people and to really get to the essence of their or their their pain in more ways than Yeah, and um, you you're a great um part of that learning too. So I remember that time when we we that was my very early beginnings. And that probably really did help shape me too, because I always say to my students, if you're injured, you show up to class. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's really hard out. Um, you're such a Nazi like that. And it's like, no, no, because what it is is that it really helps me as a teacher learn to find the things for you. But much more so than that, you stay in the practice of yoga. You stay with your breath work. You stay in meditation. You're coming to your circle um, and you're, you know, you're connecting to your other students, you're showing up for yourself, and we had the opportunity to feel into this injury together and find out what was the body-mind link? Is it an accident? Did an accident happen? So did we somehow lose consciousness and we had an accident? Or did we push too hard? Are we not applying ahimsa nonviolence? Uh, what happened here? How did we get injured? Are you overusing something? Are we using ego in our, in our um, way that we're moving our body? So... I'm really big on that. Please show up with your injury and still let's go. <laughs> we'll find a way, even if we're just breathing, you know. And someone said, oh, but I'm really ill and I can't get to the class. And I'm like, okay, if you can't walk up the stairs or drive the car to the class, that's fine. But even if you are in hospital, even you're breathing. And if you're conscious, you can meditate, okay? So those are still ways that you can practice no matter what you're doing, yeah. I think one of the major eye-opening experiences for me um, was that I could do chair yoga. You know, what, what is this for one? What is chair yoga? But, wow, this is actually helping. You know, I'm I'm relaxing, I'm healing, I'm resting, I'm connecting. This is a beautiful eye-opening experience for me. And um, one that I don't know that a lot of people 
especially with injuries, know about, you know, we might be going to rehab, whether it be for mental health or for physical stuff. And we hear a lot about the mind body in different ways. Yet there's so many people who will do things like chair yoga and, and to work with both the mind and body the way you do. So I appreciate you for joining us mm-hmm. and sharing some of your yeah. journey today. Again, yeah, guys, if you want to yoga as well. Laughter yoga is great. And also I'm practice so- yoga when you're driving, you know. Um, I taught my students that one too. Practice sitting in proper posture when you're driving in the car is really, really important. Practice opening your heart. Practice breathing and meditating and doing some alms and sending out loving kindness and compassion to the other drivers. That's still yoga. So I'm sensing that there's a little bit of rebellion in you, a rebellious nature. <laughs> Just a, sensing a little bit. Really? Just a little is it important that sacred traditions be faithfully and accurately passed on? Oh, this is a really good question. Thanks so much for asking me that one. Um, I really believe that it's hugely honouring and respecting to observe traditions of the past and to give them what they deserve. You know, that's somebody's energy. And it's sort of like I had this discussion yesterday, actually, in yoga, Um, in this particular community and talking about how some of the leaders of the community had worked and worked and worked and thought and thought and tried and tried and you kind of plant seeds, plant seeds, and then after a while you're like, ah, fuck, it's not working. I'm just going to give up now. There's no point pushing that. You know, it's not going to, um, it's not going to happen. And then eventually, of course, it does. It does. Something happens, something shifts and changes. We are in the third dimension, it's clunky, and it sometimes takes a little while for things to really blossom and to bloom. But, you know, there is there is that um, the gathering of energy that eventually will shift something. So I think it's really important to honor where other humans have come in and they have channeled or worked or um, you know, whatever has happened in their experience to be able to offer this to humankind. So I think it's beautiful to honor that. And then it's also beautiful to come away from dogma. They're in duality, right? Come away from dogma and um, also connect with yourself and create your own ritual and understand and know that you are just as important, you are just as spiritual, you are just as valuable. And people say it all the time as well to me, Oh, but I'm not spiritual. I don't do any of that. And it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you define your spirituality then? Because we are all spirit having a human experience. We don't have to try to become spiritual. We just need to try to link and understand ourselves in this moment and this experience. Learn the lesson. Have the experience. Play the game. You know. So I think it's really beautiful to honor traditions of the past and also and to remember them with real respect and then to also create our own and understand that they are just as important as well. Hope that answers the question. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good at tangents. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. All of a sudden, well, why is my camera funny? <laughs> it's got a mic. Zone. I think, yeah, we <laughs> when it comes to having a mind of our own and, you know, to still honour that part of our journey within us and, and, and looking to those around us that with, with reverence and guidance um, to, 
tell us feeling to ourselves in the moment and it's okay if that if things change for you you know if you if you believe something as a child or if you believe something in your early adult years and you're in your mid to late life now and you want to change that's great make those changes one of the big things for me is as well um remembering you know well look we honor the spaces we honor the traditions and things like that what the other part of that is just what we talked about before this rebellion but also it's it's about being very very clear that we are also just as important and magnificent as that master and that guru and that teacher so part of what we do as humans we look to somebody else to say oh it's fucking dark in here someone shine a light you look like you're a bright spark i'm going to follow what you've said nothing wrong with investigating and exploring the work of somebody else but when we look at that person as being a medium um, to link us with the divine, that's when I think that we get into trouble. And a lot of what I do, I kind of, I want to support people to embody themselves, take up space, take up your own shape. You are friggin' amazing as you are. You don't need um, a master to tell you, I'll tell you what the divine is saying to you. Let me help you support you so that you can connect directly and that is a big part of what i do a little bit of demystifying some of that teacher status like when i talk to people i don't want them to keep coming back to see me if they keep coming back to see me then i haven't done my job right that's called dependence it's wank you know that's what um you know therapists can continue seeing somebody for 30 years and have you really supported that person or have you just paid off your mortgage you know what I'd like to do is to really empower people to be able to find that themselves. And sometimes it's very quick when they come in to see me. This is the stuck point. That's what's showing up for me. Let's go. We're not going to spend years talking about it. Let's move it right now with some magnetic therapy. Let's do some work that will really, really help you and change your life and shift this, okay? And let me give you the confidence and the passionate love for yourself and your life to get back onto your own spiritual path and your own sacred journey. And you can really feel that physical or energetic shift within too. When when you when you have a thing that you're working on, so whether you know it or not, and then someone's helping you to connect to that part of mm-hmm. you to work through it. Wow, you can physically feel it just letting it out and I think again our bodies have so much to share so if this is something that interests you please feel free to reach out to any of the humans here on your screen because we've got amazing talents that we would love to share and we've each got our own beautiful specificities I'm going to make up a word if you're making things up Sarah what is it that you do to share to the world? What is your gift to the world? Oh, 100% creativity. Yeah, with, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, my gift is creativity. So whether it's helping someone physically be creative, whether it's something mentally be creative, or, or just, you know, finding some 
passion in the mundane, you know, you don't have to go to the shopping center dragging your feet, pushing your trolley around going, this is the worst. You can actually use your imagination and pretend you are somewhere completely different and have fun. I know, shock horror, right? You can have fun in the moment. I think, yeah, as we tap into our creativity and have more fun, things like whether you're in emotional or physical pain can decrease, you know. Problems with your concentration will increase because you are doing something that benefits you. And I think there's just so many ways that we can get creative. And I know that writing is a way that you get creative, Neil. Um, what's your experience with that? I've been known to uh, write the occasional book, just currently four <laughs> of them. And, <laughs> and I'm really excited because November 1st, is uh, there's a, a, a month-long writing process called NaNoWriMo. So on November 1st, I've signed up to write a novel in a month. Ah, but yes, journal. Whether you journal, whether you just randomly write things out, whether you just express things and put them... In, in on a piece of paper and rip it up and tear it out or whether you're like me and can and take the time to create a world and a philosophy and a way of being and write it out i encourage you if that's your calling pick it up Do try it. It, put it on put it on for size and i'm just paying attention to the clock and i'm like oh my god it's like we don't have a lot of time and it's like where is the time gone? What have we done? Mm -hmm. We folded and and zipped to the other side of the universe. Quantum physics at its finest. The clock has just done this. Um, Love it. Um, see, I use writing. I use as a life coach and as a heart set and mindset coach. I help people get into touch with their their heart. It's I believe that. We need to follow our heart, but make damn sure we're taking our mind with us so that we can make informed and rational choices so that we're bringing our bank card and our to the appropriate places and doing um, the appropriate actions. And we're not hitchhiking down a road and we're stark naked and in a city that doesn't allow nudity. So we don't get ourselves. And that might be the right choice for you. <laughs> yes. the right experience. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to start winding this up here. Could I say one I'd more like thing? Okay. <laughs> Please, just one more thing I'd like to share real quick. And it's for those people that might think to themselves, well, that's okay. You're a coach and you're an author and you're whatever. You know, I don't know what I am that's special and unique. And I've met so many people here in Perth that feel that way. Um, and they're really undernurtured in their creativity and their expression. So years ago, I had that same experience too. And I was talking to my girlfriend and I said, I've shared this for many years now, but I said to her, oh, I do this because I'm this sort of person. And she goes, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah. She said, no, I know you and no, you're not. And I thought to myself, holy shit, I've got myself wrong. Like I thought I was like this. That's not how I'm presenting. Okay. Then I realized that when we look in the mirror, 
can we only see this aspect we don't see behind ourselves above ourselves inside underneath we don't we need the reflection of others to actually reflect back to us to say these are the ways i'm experiencing you so i set myself a little task i asked everyone i knew people that didn't like me I asked my ex-husband i asked the guy at the dairy the deli i asked people that know me for a long time people that just met me what is it about me tell me tell me feed me back the thing what is it what is it that i'm giving you what do you experience in my presence and every single one of them had a different way of saying this particular thing right and that thing helped me really understand myself and go that makes so much sense that informs the next part of my journey and that has helped me it's catapulted me actually to get to where i am now and do the kind of work that i'm doing once i understood that i look for a zone in on and i want to support and embrace the potential in each human being i meet that made perfect sense to me and i was like yes that's what i'm here for that is my unique spiritual energy and signature supporting others spiritual path and their sacred journey so i just wanted to share that as an exercise have a go ask people around you find out um, how they see you and what is expressed from your own uniqueness into the world because that is your special beautiful essence that nobody else on the planet has that is needed here um, in our connection with each other in our evolution as humans oh, thank you well we have connected on a very deep deep and philosophical level and and we would absolutely love to hear from you guys uh, as you're catching this live or in replay please feel free to subscribe to our youtube channel or come and join our facebook group we would love to have you and we'd love to hear more about what you would like to see us talk about in the future too now mr thrussell how are we going to end this show today so i would love just to share with you very briefly whatever you do follow your heart know that you are worthy and know that you are loved and with that we will see you next time have you got any brief short summary that you would love to share with our viewers and uh, mama k ah just what you said was so perfect you know and um to know that you are worthy and it when we're going through our, our experiences you know in the mundane, in the third dimension, it's very clunky, it's very difficult sometimes. Remind yourself, I am worthy. I am. I am loved. I am supported. I am grounded. I am centered. I am balanced. I am. And reach out, link to those that you feel inspired by. Find your joy, find your bliss, and create from that space. And when you're making your altar in your home and in your sacred space, make sure you represent yourself on that altar. You know, don't just look up to admire and give love and devotion to other. We need to give that devotion to ourselves. And then we're able to create union with another. And we're able to also um, enjoy that space with the divine. It's, it's a complete 360. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with the divine. And then fall radically in love with each human being you meet. So I have no idea where where Sarah has run off to. She's got a blank screen. She's going oh, to get a break.
<laughs> so Sarah, you have like 15 seconds. We are having internet problems. But appreciate you. So from from Alberta, from Canada, from Perth, from Australia, know that you are loved. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks yeah. for joining us on Uplift today. I trust that this has helped you to understand your 